This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Howdy and welcome to Portable Beads, the pediatric board review podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Liz. Hi, guys. So this will be the second case of our month uh, as a continuation of infectious diseases of the chest. And today we're going to talk about community-acquired pneumonia. An 18-month-old, previously healthy male, presents to your primary care clinic for cough. The father reports that the patient has had a fever, cough, nasal congestion, rhinorrhea, and difficulty breathing for the past 24 hours. On physical exam, the patient has nasal congestion, an active cough, mild suprasternal retractions, and faint diffuse crackles. Pulse oximetry is 98% on room air. You suspect the patient has pneumonia, and you also obtain a rapid influenza test, which is positive. What is the next best step for this patient? Is it A, send the patient to the emergency department now for likely admission? Is it B, obtain a PA and lateral chest x-ray? Is it C, start amoxicillin? Is it D, start azithromycin, or E, start oseltamivir? If you need to review the case, it's in the show notes, and we'll be back in a sec. All right, so we're back. The correct answer for this question is start oseltamivir, answer choice E. So let's start by just talking about the answer choices in order, starting with Uh, reasons for admission versus outpatient management. So in this case, the patient appears to have a mild respiratory distress due to his pneumonia, along with normal oxygen saturations. Therefore, he would not require hospitalization at this time. Per the Infectious Diseases Society of America's 2011 guidelines for community-acquired pneumonia in children and infants, the indications for hospitalization for CAP include 1. Moderate to severe CAP, as defined by several factors including respiratory distress and hypoxemia. They define hypoxemia as sustained SpO2 less than 90%. Uh, Number 2 reason for admission is infants that are less than 3 to 6 months of age that have suspected bacterial CAP. Reason number 3 is suspected or documented CAP caused by a pathogen with increased virulence, such as community-associated MRSA, or methicillin-resistant Staph aureus. Or 4, if there is concern about careful observation at home, or they're unable to comply with therapy, or they're unable to be followed up in clinic closely. Now, on the flip side, indications for admission to an ICU or a unit with continuous cardiorespiratory monitoring with CAP are kind of commonsensical, so they're patients that have impending respiratory failure. If they require non-invasive positive pressure ventilation, such as CPAP or BiPAP, if they require invasive ventilation via a non-permanent artificial airway, such as an endotracheal tube, uh, for sustained tachycardia, inadequate blood pressure, need for pharmacologic support of blood pressure or perfusion, 
If they have a pulse ox measurement of less than 92% while on inspired oxygen of greater than 0.5 or 50%, or if they have altered mental status from their pneumonia, whether due to hypercarbia or hypoxemia. Now, Liz, do you want to talk about chest x-rays and antibiotics? Sure. So answer choice B was to obtain a PA and lateral chest x-ray. I think it's important to remember that routine chest radiographs are not necessary for the confirmation of suspected CAP in patients who are well enough to be treated in the outpatient setting. Chest radiographs should be obtained in patients with suspected or documented hypoxemia or significant respiratory distress, and in those with failed initial antibiotic therapy to verify that there are no complications of pneumonia present. Complications of pneumonia can include paraneumonic effusions, necrotizing pneumonia, and pneumothorax. So answer choices C and D referred to starting different antibiotics. In answer choice C, we talked about starting amoxicillin. So amoxicillin is the preferred treatment for presumed bacterial pneumonia when it is treated as an outpatient. It is recommended to treat with 90 milligrams per kilogram per day divided in two doses for 10 days. The duration of 10 days is the one that is best studied, but shorter durations may be just as effective, especially in mild disease that is treated in an outpatient setting. Amoxicillin should be used as the first-line therapy for previously healthy and appropriately immunized infants and preschool children with mild to moderate CAP suspected to be of bacterial origin. Amoxicillin provides appropriate coverage for Streptococcus pneumoniae, which is the most prominent invasive bacterial pathogen. So the next antibiotic to discuss is azithromycin, which was answer choice D. This is the recommended treatment for presumed atypical pneumonia when it is treated as an outpatient. Macrolide antibiotics should be prescribed for the treatment of children who are mostly school-aged or adolescent who have been evaluated in an outpatient setting with findings that are compatible with CAP that are caused by atypical pathogens. The most common organisms for atypical community-acquired pneumonia in children are Mycoplasma pneumoniae, Chlamydia trichomatis, or Chlamydophila pneumoniae. Empiric treatment is with 10 milligrams per kilogram of oral azithromycin on day one, followed by five milligrams per kilogram for days two to five for a total five-day antibiotic duration. So Ryan, you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit more about our right answer? Yeah, so answer choice E was to start oseltamivir. And in this case, the patient's the right age to start Tamiflu or oseltamivir, but also all of the other answer choices are incorrect, primarily because this child likely has a viral pneumonia because the flu is positive on their rapid flu test. In general, antimicrobial therapy is not routinely required for preschool-aged children with CAP because viral pathogens are responsible for the great majority of clinical disease. Antibacterial therapy is also not necessary for children, either outpatient or inpatient, with a positive test for influenza virus in the absence of clinical, laboratory, or radiographic findings that suggest bacterial co-infection. So in this patient, Oseltamivir, also known as Tamiflu, is approved for use in patients aged 14 days or older. And this patient, like we discussed, likely has a viral pneumonia due to influenza. It's recommended to start antiviral treatment if started within 48 hours of symptom onset, which can decrease symptom duration up to 36 hours. However, even if started after 48 hours of symptom onset, there can still be potential benefit in starting oseltamivir to decrease symptom severity, especially if there is severe presentation of pneumonia. In children, the recommended treatment duration for Tamiflu is five days. Influenza antiviral therapy should be administered as soon as possible to children with moderate to severe CAP consistent with influenza virus infection, especially during widespread local circulation of influenza viruses, and even more so for those with clinically worsening disease documented at the time of an outpatient visit. Because early antiviral treatment has been shown to provide maximal benefit, 
Treatment should not be delayed until confirmation of positive influenza test results. Negative results of influenza diagnostic tests, especially rapid antigen tests, do not conclusively exclude influenza disease. But that about does it for this episode. We'd love it if you guys sent us an email, portablepeds at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you'd like us to cover or any comments or suggestions on how to improve the podcast. As we enter board review season, next month we're doing oncology, and the month after that we're going to do some brief tidbit, just-in-time blurbs on statistics. And until next week, happy studying, guys. Ah!